2: Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com
4: and the author of
2: more than 30 books, Jim Paris.
4: All right, hello, everybody, and welcome to hour number two of the broadcast. And uh, this is going to be so interesting. I've been doing some reading and studying about our guest, and uh, what perfect timing uh, to talk with him uh, about what's going on right now across the country and across the world. And uh, he's with us tonight for the first time. His name is Dr. Michael Lake. He has a new book out. He's an author of multiple books. You can find him over on Amazon. Just type in his name, Michael, middle initial K, last name Lake. And uh, He holds doctorates in theology and religious education, and he is the Chancellor and Founder of Biblical Life College and Seminary. Dr. Lake, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you this evening, Jim.
4: Let me ask you, do you go by Dr. Lake, or do you go by Michael or Mike? <laughs>
1: uh, when I do stuff for the school, it's Dr. Lake, but most of the time it's just Michael.
4: So. All right, Michael, I'm going to call you Michael. Is that fair? That's fair. All right, Doctor Michael Lake is with us, and I'm going to call him Michael. With all due respect to his uh, amazing educational credentials, here it'll be easier for me to do the interview that way. So I thank you, sir. Uh, tell me this new book. I don't want to butcher the pronunciation. I want to say the Sheerith imperative. Is that right?
1: That's pretty close to Sheer the Sheerith imperative.
4: The sheer wreath. So it's almost like two words: Sheer and then wreath. Exactly the sheer, the sheer wreath imperative, empowering the remnant to overcome the gates of hell, and we're going to get into tonight. What is the sheer wreath imperative? What what is this? What is where does the word sheer wreath come from? And and what's happening in the world? But one of the things that I am absolutely spellbound by, I'm reading here about you, and it says that in 1995, you and your family. Uh, found yourselves in the crosshairs of an all out attack from the occult community. Tell me about that, especially with this whole deal where all of these uh, people got together uh, to try to cast, to use witchcraft against Donald Trump here recently.
1: Yeah, it all kind of ties in together. Um, back about 95, my wife be- and I began ministering to some folks that were coming out of uh, multi generational Satanism. And we had always known in the area that there was some witchcraft. Uh, we did not know to the extent in that area, the Ozarks. It's known as a it's known as the Crystal Cauldron, and there's only probably about four or five cauldrons across the United States that I know of that you'll have all the different branches of the occult working in concert with one another. And uh, man, that led us down a path of of having to deal with mind control, uh, the reality of multiple personality disorder. Uh, generational Satanism, and I mean, just really a lot of things that most people uh, just are not even aware of. It, it's it, it's stuff that, that operates behind the curtain, things that, that controls nations, that uh, controls the money systems, and uh, as we begin to, you know, not only am I a minister and an educator, but I'm also ex-military. And so when when all of this began to happen, both my research, I kicked both into research mode. But I wanted to know the enemy. And so while they're they're trying, they actually they tried to kill our family for about ten years. God supernaturally protected us. And uh, I could go for hours into stories where God just supernaturally.
4: Now, Michael, uh, protected why why us. why did they target you in particular? Were you exposing them, or tell me what the backstory is on that?
1: Well, part of it, my wife didn't realize it that she had been touched by it uh, as a child. She was from the area. I'm originally from St. Louis, and part of it is as God began to heal and restore her, all these, you know, all this stuff kind of showed up. And really, what we found is they were afraid of what she was, what she could remember. You know, as God began to heal her and restore, and we began putting pieces of the puzzle together, uh, we discovered that uh, in that area around Fort Leonard Wood. Uh, that uh, MKUltra, the Monarch Project, had operated at one time. And one of of their uh, ways of operating is they will enlist people from the occult uh, to assist in a lot of the things that they do uh, with the experiments. And when the hearings came out in Congress about MKUltra and the Monarch Project, uh, I'm pretty sure the government most likely shut it down. But then it was embedded in the occult in the area which begin using those same techniques to run drugs uh uh, pedophilia all the different things that they do to make money and that's how they begin building their power base uh over that area
4: wow now um man we can go in a lot of directions there do you have any books about this whole experience that of what you went through or any of your books on that
1: no, my my books are are all the research that I had done. <laughs> you know, the first one, the Shiner Directive, where I show how the mystery religions all the way back to Babylon and how they're working beyond you know behind the scenes over the centuries. And once you read the Shiner Directive, you can open up the pages of the newspaper today and you can make sense of everything. It almost sounds.
4: Uh, my- it almost sounds like this whole occult experience is similar to. Um, what's going on with Scientology? I don't know if you've seen that TV show where they're exposing Scientology on, on A&E. Uh, well,
1: they're, they're, they're all various fragments of the same thing. I've even heard where, uh, you know, people that were uh, Latter-day Saints that when they needed a job, sometimes the Latter-day Saints for their, for their uh, congregants have their own... Um, Employment agency, and they actually have gotten people employed by the Scientology group. So, I mean, it, it's all wow. interconnected. That's,
4: yeah. So this this show on A and E, it's the the actress Leia Remini, and so she left Scientology after thirty years, and then as she is you know going around the country interviewing people for her show and going to Clearwater, Florida, where they're based, it's actually like a reality show where they're they're showing her being followed. Um, you know, people are following her, tailing her. It's, it's, it's quite unbelievable the the length at which they'll go to, uh, to stalk her while she's trying to expose them. It sounds like maybe some parallels there with this occult situation. Um, now with, with Trump, they they said they were all going to get together on, I think it was this last Friday night and they even put on the internet um, actually, what to do to perform this ritual, this occult ritual? Um, w- what is your understanding about w- what they actually did, and 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 what the backstory is on uh, sort of what branch of witchcraft or occult that those folks are involved in?
1: Uh, the background, I've not, I've not. They're probably into Druidism or something like that. One of the things they revealed in doing this because they did something similar. Uh, when he was running for office to cause confusion, when he was uh, debating with Hillary, you know, during the presidential debates. uh, One of the things they did in revealing all this, that globalism is a religion, Hmm. and that it's a religion of the mystery religions and one of the things about Trump, and I think it's almost the same way with, it, with what I understand about Putin, and I don't claim to be an expert on, on Russia and all that's going on there, but the, 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 the thing that both of them represent is nationalism, which nationalism is against everything that Adam Weishaupt put together uh, with when he helped establish the Illuminati? Uh, it was the same concepts that Marx drew from when he when he set up Marxism and communism, and it, it's interwoven all throughout the the mystery religions that one day they're going to dissolve borders and dissolve nationalities, and it's all going to be you know one world, one religion. We know all that about end time prophecy, but in the in the occult coming after him, they. Do just revealed the very nature of what's behind Hillary Clinton what's behind the much one of the world, yeah poverty. the one
4: world government it's it's so interesting you say this about nationalism because I was listening to Alex Jones earlier today and he was talking about uh, Glenn Beck is railing against nationalism it's interesting to see conservative splitting uh, on this issue because you know what's wrong with America first especially if you're the president of the United States what, what's wrong with that and what's wrong with having borders and jobs and looking out for your own country Uh, you know call it what you want folks but it makes sense to me all right more with this exciting informative interview after this stay tuned we'll be back hi this is radio talk show host Jim Paris and if you are like me you hate all of those monthly bills well I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the Internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60 percent per year if you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills check out my website christianmoneyplus.com that's christianmoneyplus.com if you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills check out my website christianmoneyplus.com
3: If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage. And your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-340-5528. That's 800-340-5528. Again, 800-340-5528.
2: Taking turmeric is good, but there's a problem with it. The active ingredient in turmeric, known as curcumin, is poorly absorbed into the cells due to its large particle size. But now, One Planet Nutrition has the answer for this powerful anti-inflammatory. Nanocurcumin, a nanoparticle curcumin which absorbs over 40 times better into your bloodstream. Discover more health benefits of Nanocurcumin and Nanocurcumin Plus now on sale at OnePlanetNutrition.com. Use promo code GCN for your special discount at OnePlanetNutrition.com.
5: Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day
4: You're listening to Jim Paris Live. All right, we are back. Fascinating guest tonight, Dr. Michael Lake. The book, The Sheer Reef Imperative, Empowering the Remnant to Overcome the Gates of Hell. And before we get into the book, Michael, uh, for those people that might be kind of laughing off the idea of the occult and the powers of darkness and so forth, um, this is real, right? I mean, we're talking about... Uh, Uh, satanic power. It's not a joke. Um, These types of uh, rituals, uh, casting spells, can actually do things. Is that right?
1: If it didn't, they wouldn't be doing them. Uh, And in fact, they usually laugh at us because as they uh, destroy churches, they destroy pastors' lives, as they uh, transform governments and control the flow of money, we're sitting here debating whether it's a reality or not.
4: Yeah, and so I, I liken it many times when I've thought about it to the power of prayer. You know, so we as Christians, we as believers, we pray to God for for help, for wisdom, for insight uh, to intervene in our circumstances. In the same way, uh, those people, you know, on the other end of things, are are praying to their to their uh, you know uh, who they view as their spiritual source, which is Satan, and for his intervention in things and if people don't realize and see that there's a spiritual battle going on that's when you know there there's a problem and and i, I would imagine a lot of people are praying for Donald Trump especially going through all of this one other quick thing Are you familiar with this whole discussion, which I've seen some credible information and then other information saying, no, this is all a rumor. It's all made up. This this so-called pizza gate, not the individual comet pizza uh, place in Washington, D- Washington D.C., but this term applying to the idea of pedophilia uh, and the occult, and this being something that uh, involves some very high-up, powerful people in both business and government in this country.
1: Uh, it's connected with the Lima, which goes back to the style of, of uh, witchcraft that uh, Ali Esther Crowley was involved with. And it, it's actually also involved with the... Um, with the, one of the Masonic secrets that's at the 32nd level. And a lot of people real, don't realize when they get to the 32nd level that they're the keeper, of the sublime, you know, secret or whatever. And it's using trans magic that when a, a grown male using uh, incantations and ritual will violate, homosexually, a young boy, that they're actually able to access other dimensions and draw power Ah, uh, from them, as well as the spiritual vampirism that they believe that they can actually extend their life by drawing the life force from the child that they're abusing. so this yeah, this stuff is the, very, very it's real. very,
4: very dark. And, you know, this isn't all made from, you know, whole cloth that some of the people that are kind of laughing this off when you've got, you know, Bill Clinton uh, you know, flying around with this uh, guy who's a convicted um you know sexual uh predator uh his name is uh jeffrey epstein um i mean this is not you know something that anyone's disputing i mean it's sort of like they just don't want to recognize it much like our our discussion earlier about the occult all right so let's talk about the book the Sheerith imperative and so for people listening at home uh here's here's how you spell it s-h-e-e-r-i-y-t-h Sheer, S-H-E-E-R-I-Y-T-H. If you want to find the book, type that word in. You're going to find it. Also, you can type in his name, Michael Lake, over at Amazon. Michael, middle initial K, last name Lake, if you want to grab the book. So, Michael, what is the Sheer Wreath imperative?
1: Uh, the book itself is actually the sequel to the Shiner Directive. and The first one, i lay out what the enemy's doing. Uh, the second one with the Shirith imperative, Shireth is Hebrew for the remnant. And so, you know, hell has its directive of what it's trying to do in the earth. But God with every generation, and I believe especially in the last days, he's going to have the remnant that are going to be faithful to him, that are going to begin enacting the kingdom of God in the earth. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is in Daniel. And it talks about when the Antichrist is at the zenith of his power. That there are going to be those that know their God, and that means to be passionate and completely in love with Almighty God, and that they would be able to do great exploits. And that literally means to be able to work in miraculous, supernatural power at will, because they're, they are so in tune with heaven itself. And so that's my passion, is to see the remnant uh, to receive their calling, uh, to really know the warfare that we're involved with, and to begin moving in the kingdom of God here and now
4: empowering the remnant to overcome the gates of hell and that's a subtitle and and the term remnant i i know that uh, in some circles um some people uh, think it's overused or or a bit uh, controversial in some sense in terms of who is the remnant um when we're talking about the remnant are we talking about the folks that are left after the apostasy you know that is that you know when we get to that point when it comes down to crunch time in the end times you you sort of have the real believers that are willing to give up everything including their lives and then you have everybody else who might just sort of be a social christian that might you know go to a church every so often but are not really committed to the point that they're willing to give up everything so who are, who is the remnant? Is, is that the remnant, the last time true believers, or is it some group today that we can also identify?
1: I think it's in every generation. I think that God always has a people. You know, it's it's like when Elijah was in the cave, and he thought he was by himself. You know, God said, no, 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 I've got a remnant over here of all these prophets that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And so it's a generational a truth prophetically But then I also think it does speak to the last time, you know, the last days. And whether we're at the the end of days now, or we're the generation to prepare uh, that generation, our call is to, to be so passionate about God and so established in the kingdom that we're willing to do what is ever necessary for the kingdom of God, or we can actually put the next generation on our shoulders spiritually so that they can be prepared. And see, that's something I think that past generations uh, here in the last 100 years haven't done. When you go back and you read, you know, Pember or Spurgeon or, or Andrew Murray, these guys were giants in the kingdom of God. And when you read a lot of this stuff today, we pale in comparison when in reality we should be standing on their shoulders and going deeper in the kingdom. But the the elite have derailed us. They've watered down our theology. They've watered down even the general educational process in America to dumb us down. And so part of what the remnant is going to do is to throw that junk off and to begin working overtime to get where they need to be with God.
4: And we have these uh, sort of mega church pastors. I'll just mention one by name. Um, well, you know, there's so many of them we could mention. Maybe it would be unfair to to mention any of them. Joel Osteen, I guess, uh, would be the, the most notable. But they have sort of decided that it's more effective for their purposes to be more like a Tony Robbins motivational person and not really really preach the Bible. For example, when he's been cornered and asked about homosexuality and other uh, kind of culturally sensitive topics, he kind of skirts those questions. Um, Is that what you're talking about when we talk about uh, the remnant versus sort of the general populace of social Christians?
1: Oh, absolutely. And when you even look at the, uh, the formation of the megachurch movement, uh, at Wheaton College. Uh, they actually brought in New Agers to teach them how to do it.
4: Yeah, that's that's just so disappointing to see this. And uh, of course, you don't hear anything about hell anymore. You hear things that, well, maybe homosexuality is okay. Uh, wow. All right. Uh, so much more to get into after this break. Lucifer, what happened when he fell from heaven? That and more. Stay tuned.
0: This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP, and if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now. 1-800-441-0405. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA-compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call MiniCPAP.com now. 1-800-441-0405. Again, that's 1-800-441-0405.
2: No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since
3: 1975. More
2: reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333, that's 800-848-6333. Today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only thirty-nine ninety-nine. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at one 886 3653 That's one eight seven seven eight eight six three six five three. 886 3653 Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. are listening to Jim Paris Live.
4: All right, fantastic book here. A page-turner, The Sheer Wreath Imperative, Empowering the Remnant to Overcome the Gates of Hell. Dr. Michael Lake is with us. You can get this book from Defender Publishing. You can find their website over at skywatchtv.com. You can go there, skywatchtv.com, or you can find this over on amazon.com. And, uh, Michael, I want to go into uh, a little bit about Satan, because I see that here on the back flap of the book. And a lot of people don't really know what we're talking about here when we talk about Lucifer, who was described as a beautiful angel, the morning star at one time was 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 a good guy and then became a bad guy and has some amazing powers and has brought a lot of angels also with him. And so we don't really think of Lucifer as the same as Satan, but I know we're talking about the same the same entity there in all of these uh these powers that uh that Satan has and also the angels that followed him as well. Uh, tell us about Lucifer. W- what do you get into in the book uh, on this topic?
1: Well, are several things that we know from the writings of the prophets. Number one, he was the anointed cherub, but covered so Lucifer has an anointing. And uh I think that's one of the things that a lot of, even within the charismatic movement, need to realize that not all anointings are from God. The enemy has an anointing as well. But the prophets also shared that he had set up in his heart that he was not satisfied with his position. In fact, he was probably one of the the highest of all created immortals or angels. Uh, but he wasn't satisfied with that, and the, and the prophets record that he he spoke out five I wills. Now five is the number of grace when you when you're studying out the word of God, and so he tried to create a pseudo grace to facilitate his ascension into something higher than what God had placed him in. But the result was that iniquity was discovered in him, and it, so when when he when he tried to do this this working. Uh, it, it took his anointing and it perverted it into something called iniquity. Now the Hebrew word for iniquity there is aval, which means it is it is a violence uh, toward the rulership of God, the reign of God, the uh, the word of God, anything res- er, about the kingdom of God itself that he has this violent attitude, and he will do works of violence against anything associated with God. And that is the very power source that, that empowers all the kingdom of darkness. Now, in this book, one of the things that I, I there are several sacred cows that I, I kick over. Number one, it wasn't Lucifer in the garden. It was another immortal uh, named the Nehesh, which later on began to uh, be identified with the serpent, but it was a seraph. And Lucifer is a cherub. One was to protect the holiness of God. The other one was to proclaim the holiness of God. And he begin to see through the word of God this progressive falling away of the angels. That at Mount Hermon in Genesis 6, we have a watcher-class angels fall. At the Tower of Babel with Nimrod, we have principalities and powers that fell.
4: And Michael, is uh, it true that one-third of the angels... Um, I know there's no official verse that says that, but some people extrapolate. Actually, there, is. there is, okay. Actually, there
1: there is it, but it's all the way in Revelation chapter twelve, and some commentators try to say that that's a parenthetical verse. Pretty much everything in the Book of Revelation is linear. Uh, but well, all of a sudden, when you get to this one place where it talks about the fall of Lucifer, what many believe is the fall of Lucifer, where the, where the dragon draws one-third of the stars out of heaven, they think that happened before humanity. But I actually think it's not, it's not a kung fu flashback to something that happened in Time Immortal, but it's actually something that's happening during uh, the Tribulation period, that there's going to come a time when Michael is sent down to clear out the second heaven. And by the time we get to that place in history, the total number of the angels that fall with him will be one third.
4: Wow! So exactly, so so, so, so that's a that's yet to happen. So 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 right now we have we have Lucifer, but then we have this other character that was the temptor in the Garden of Eden. Um, tell us more about that. Um, individual that that uh, spirit and, and what that spirit's role is today is that spirit on the same level as Lucifer or or below Lucifer? What we might call demons today.
1: Well, no, demons. is a whole different category. But he, it is another angel. It's a seraph. Seraph are are where we get the concept of dragon. Uh, they're they're flaming serpents. And when you, when you, when you understand the, the symbology of all this, here he is up in a tree, and he sets this tree on fire with his brilliance since he's a flaming seraph. And he causes man to fall by promising him that they would become like gods. But what they end up getting was infected with the iniquity force that Lucifer created. And, and literally, when humanity begins to sin, we begin empowering the very kingdom of darkness that's trying to destroy us. But when you understand that, then you, you, go, you go down to Moses and God says, you know, I don't need to have a flaming seraph in a, in a tree to get my man's attention, to get my people out of Egypt. I'll set a little bush on fire. Hmm. And then when we get to Jesus... He said, "If I be high and lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me." In other words, God said, "You started this thing in a tree, and I'm going to end it in a tree. And when they see who I really am, I will draw all men to me rather than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." So there's there's this continuity when you begin putting it all together throughout the Word of God.
4: And and Michael, so so you you got my attention there about about demons. So so here's what I. Have always thought, and and I'm nowhere near where you are. I, I went to Bible college for a couple of years, uh, ended up uh, pursuing a career in music before I uh, pursued a career in, in finance. So I'm nowhere at your level, but I had always understood it was sort of like uh, you have Satan, so he's kind of like the general, the, the bad guy, and then he has... All of his minions and these are, are the demons, but then we've had, you know, our, our friends on like L.A. Marzulli and they get into Genesis 6 and the, and the Nephilim and, 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 and these characters as well. Um, what are demons then if they're not just other fallen angels that are the followers of Satan?
1: A lot of people will refer to the Book of Enoch uh, for the for the explanation of that, and one of the reasons that's significant is the Book of Enoch was developed in the first and second century before the coming of Christ. And so it was, it was very much uh, considered, you know, a part of their ideology, not only within within first century Judaism, but even in developing Christianity. The concept of good and evil, the concept of demons was drawn from uh, what was known with the Essenes known as Enoshic Judaism. And Enoch teaches that when, when those Nephilim were judged by God uh, with the flood and they were destroyed, that they were, they were not of heaven, so they couldn't go there, and they weren't of earth, and so there was no judgment there for them. And, and so they're, they're, they're disembodied spirits waiting for judgment. Hmm. and that actually lines up with everything when the when the demons would come and and G, and they say are you going to torment us before the time and Jesus shares how they're constantly looking for a house to get into right this is where they, you have
4: demon possession and they were sent into yeah. the to to the pigs and all of that uh wow so fascinating uh to to think of it uh in that way and uh t- today i i think uh, we're seeing more stories of demonic possession we're hearing a lot more about it. Talk, if you would, for just a minute before our next break about the Book of Enoch, because this is, I'm hearing so much about the book of Enoch, and, and my understanding is that, of course, the book of Enoch is not in our Bible today because it didn't make the cut. It didn't get included in the canon, and so it's looked at as a historical book of significance, but not necessarily an inspired book that would be one of the 66 books of our present-day Bible. Give us your, your thoughts on how we, we, what importance we give to Enoch.
1: Well, Enoch, when you said it back in in the first century church, it, it had it had great importance. Jesus referred to it. The apostle Paul referred to it. Uh, Jude literally clip, clips and pastes from it. Uh, when when we get to the first century, where where the the church had its 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 Genesis, that. Uh, the Old Testament canon had not been fully est- established by the Jewish community. That the Torah, the, the five books of Moses was there, you also have the, 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 the Navayim, the prophets, but the writings were still in flux.
4: And we'll take a break, we'll come back, we'll talk more about the Book of Enoch, which so many of our guests are making reference to these days, including L.A. Marzuli and others. Our guest, Dr. Michael Lake, his book, The Shirith Imperative. will be right back. Have you ever wanted a
2: shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to SecretsIgnite.com. That's SecretsIgnite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to SecretsIgnite.com. Did you know there's a new group of water contaminants with unknown health effects? These emerging contaminants lurking in your water may include prescription over-the-counter drugs and new types of herbicides and pesticides. ProPure's improved Pro1G2.0 filter meets NSF 401 standards to help reduce these emerging contaminants. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A dot
4: My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or or did you buy a new one?
1: No, I called Geeks On Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and
4: showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks On Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks
1: On Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. one 800 591 1682 Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all
2: laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for Friendly Certified Computer Repair Experts, available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call one 800 591 1682 That's one 800 591 1682 one 800 591 6 1682 1682. listening to jim paris live
4: all right yes guilty as charged i have some emails from folks wanting to know why i didn't give out the phone number why i'm not taking calls um, I don't always take calls, folks. Uh, sometimes the, we just, the interview kind of goes in a direction, and uh, it's just fascinating, fascinating information. And we're not going to do calls tonight or questions by email, but we're going to continue with our final segment. Here, uh, Dr. Michael Lake is with us. The Shear Wreath Imperative is the book, Empowering the Remnant to Overcome the Gates of Hell. And uh, we were talking about the book of Enoch, and I, I know we cut you off there with the commercial, so I want you to continue on. Uh, the book of enoch and then you know tell us who the watchers are and the nephilim that that we we end up having a little bit of split different uh, folks have different views on on uh, who the watchers are and who the, actually the nephilim are uh so finish uh, on on enoch uh michael and then then get into those topics of the uh the the nephilim and the fallen angels
1: well, in, in Jesus' day, the writings, the, the portion of the Old Testament that's called the writings, was still in flux. It wasn't codified or, or, or you know, canonized until about 100 A.D. And so it was kind of that, and the Book of Jasher, and the Book of Jubilees, was coming kind of in and out of, the, uh, of what they were con- kind of considering Scripture in those days. And, but all of those created the Messianic fervor that we see The people were really anticipating Messiah. And one of the things that I, I believe is that because the rabbis rejected Jesus, they also set these books aside when they were canonizing the Old Testament under the writings because they knew it created that messianic fervor that pointed toward Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that the book of Enoch should be canon, but we do know that the early church drew much of its understanding of demons, demonology, and, and of that from directly from the book of Enoch.
4: And we and can so accept it, it as a historically important book, just like the writings of Josephus and, and other things that we look at outside of the Bible. Uh, no, no doubt, uh, the the fallen angels, the watchers, the Nephilim, Genesis six giants. Uh, can you piece that all together for us?
1: Yeah, there, there's a there's a class of angels, the bene Elohim. Uh, that the book of Enoch says we're watchers, and we know there are watcher class angels because in the book of Daniel you have Nebuchadnezzar judged because he offended some of the good watchers. Uh, they came down, and uh, there's this whole dynamic of, you know, and in the Word of God, angels are male. And I don't know really of a single clear instance in Scripture where you can uh, clearly say that there are any female angels because God did not create, the, create them to procreate, they were all just simply made male. And so this idea of procreation, as well as, I believe, contaminating because the Redeemer was supposed to come through the seed of a woman, that by taking women as wives, that they would circumvent the plan of God. And the result was something called Nephilim, that, in, that was the, uh, the first generation of these giants,
4: And so these are the Uh, offspring of the the fallen angels having sexual relations with human women. Then the offsprings are giants, Nephilim.
1: They're giants, and the Book of Enoch said they get up to about 480 feet tall. Uh, The Greeks called them the Titans. Uh, But they also taught men how to splice DNA to where you begin doing chimeras. Those are not Nephilim. Nephilim are only the direct descendants uh, of the Watchers. Uh, We would simply call them gibberim. Uh, in, in fact, in the Scripture, it said that the Nephilim became known as mighty men, or gibberim, that you compare Nimrod to. Uh, anytime that you see historically mighty men that were almost like godlike because of their ability or war or whatever, they would say they were co- becoming like the gods, and they would look back to the, to the Nephilim, pre-flood saying we're becoming like them and achieving some status similar to
4: us. so michael had. the nephilim they're the giants but you said they're not the ones that taught that generation how to splice dna and so forth Th- those were the actual the fallen angels had that knowledge
1: they did and ide thomas and others even show that how they had universities in the antediluvian age uh there, there's so much to the antediluvian age that we're not necessarily taught in the bible uh, but is there and that, that goes back to ancient
4: the, the ancient aliens concept that that at some point before modern history there was even more knowledge and technology in in many ways than there is today and, and there's a lot of unexplained things that we see in that so-called ancient aliens theory is that well, right
1: the, it is and they're not aliens they're just simply these immortals that came down right uh, but every every major uh, nation is scouring through many of these ancient ruins looking for advanced technology. And so the, this this is not just theory. I mean, they're investing millions of millions of dollars in investigating these technologies.
4: And are you one that believes that the Nephilim are still around today? Uh, Ellie Marzulli, who's been with us on a number of occasions, has a, a view that the Nephilim are are around today and might even explain what is considered the modern-day UFO and that they're kind of positioning themselves to come out of hiding uh, when the time is right? and that they are active today? Is that your view?
1: It is. I think there were some that went underground for safety. I also think that the Book of Enoch was right. There were some that were bound by God. Uh, but when you but when you look at that they were bound for 70 generations, you go from the time of Enoch, they were loosed around the beginning of the 20th century.
4: Wow. Well, that would, make, and, uh, that, that would explain an awful lot. And, and one of the things you get into in the book, which is so fascinating, folks, if you've never looked into this, uh, the Nazis and, and what was called Vril. Tell us about Vril and what that was and, and the Nazis and Hitler's involvement in the occult.
1: Uh, Hiller was an occultist. He was trained by the Thule Society. Uh, the women of RIL were able to trans-channel and they, they believed that they were, uh, they were communicating with advanced aliens that were living inside the Earth. Uh, and you, the people may laugh at that, but we need to understand that Nazi Germany was between 50 to 100 years more technologically advanced at the beginning of World War II than any other nation on the planet and they they were they were they were channeling advanced technology from what what I would call a watcher, that they began they there there were three things that uh, the occult released into society as far as our consciousness in the prior century that co- that brought into perfect storm the Nazis. It was eugenics, evolution, and spiritism. And so when you put all those together, you, you begin communicating with these aliens that are going to help you advance uh, to become more godlike, if you will, small g, and, and to give you advanced technology, and that's what they were doing with Nazi Germany.
4: And you say in the book that uh, some of that is still going today. Some of, some of that, uh, that whole real concept is being employed today.
1: It is. They use. They use meditation. They use mental exercises, yoga. Uh, they would also try to harness sexual energy. All these different things to to uh, to be able to focus to tap into that energy force that uh, is what w- was created in in the heart of Lucifer, that iniquity force. They were looking to be able to tap into that energy. In fact, in the writings of Albert Pike. Uh, he gets into that force. He said if someone could either through science or through sorcery tap into that, he could change the face of the world. In fact, I believe it was from those writings that George Lucas got the concept of the force that he used in the creation of Star Wars.
4: Wow. Now, as we close it out, we only have two minutes left here, but I want you to uh, give us your thoughts about uh, President Trump. Um, I, like many people, thought, wow, the country, we're about to lose the country if Hillary Clinton won. And uh, it looks like we were saved. It really does, because we're, we've got one Supreme Court appointment. They're saying another one's probably coming this summer. I think we would have lost the republic if we lost this election. Conservatives did. Trump wasn't my first choice. But do you think Donald Trump is playing any role in these end days? Well,
1: you know, it's, it, my wife and I were talking about this. You know, when you're going against the Nazis... And you you have a tank armament. do you do you want a pastor uh, uh, guiding the tanks, or do you want a guy named Patton?
4: Right, right.
1: You know th- sometimes you got a guy that has a that has the real backbone, that has a real attitude and that looks for answers and that tries to do the right thing. And I think that's what he is. Uh, and I, I think God can use him, but we've got to keep him backed up in prayer. Uh, one of the things that I, I've shared on a lot of shows is that, you know with, when we begin asking God to forgive the sins of, of those involved in the mystery religions, that the power of that sin not only empowers what they're doing, but it keeps it secret, and I begin to share a we need to begin praying. let everything hidden be revealed. 2016 was probably the most revealing year that we have ever had in American history. At yeah, the same and, time,
4: we... and it was clearly a spiritual battle as much as it was a, a political battle.
1: It wasn't because not only in America, but Christians around the world begin seeking the face of God and and repenting. We've been given this extra loop of time to prepare for the days ahead. And either we can waste it or we can press into God. And, And people have asked me, how long is this loop of time going to be? I think it really depends on us.
4: Yeah, I think the days the days are few. Our guest, Dr. Michael Lake, the book, The Sheerith Imperative. You can check it out at skywatchtv.com or go to amazon.com. Dr. Michael Lake, thank you so much for being with us. Remember, folks, if it's Sunday night, it is Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time.
5: Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place, and the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. Arc EMP-hardened solar generator energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology.